What does a contraction feel like? How do I know if I'm in labor? And what does a day of labor look like? Wait, is this normal? Hey, I'm Heidi. My best friends call me Hydes. I'm a certified birth doula, host of this podcast, and author of Birth Story, an interactive pregnancy guidebook. I have supported hundreds of women through their labor and deliveries, and I believe every one of them and you deserves a microphone and a stage. So here we are. Listen each week to get answers to these tough questions. Birth Story, where we talk about pregnancy, labor, deliveries, where we tell our stories and share our feelings. And of course, chat about our favorite baby products and motherhood. And because I'm passionate about birth outcomes, you will hear from some of the top experts in labor and delivery. Whether you are pregnant, trying desperately to get pregnant, or you just love a good birth story, I hope you will stick around and be part of this birth story family. You guys, my book is out. I mean, it is out in the world. I cannot believe it. I have been writing it for several years and it's just mind-blowing. Birth Story, Pregnancy Guidebook and Journal is a -a one-of-a-kind discovery into your pregnancy that provides you education through storytelling. So what's it really about? In the 16 years that I have served women with every personality type, I noticed there was a huge disconnect between what my clients were craving for childbirth education in a book and the books that were actually available on the market. There seemed to be unlimited resources if you are looking for an unmedicated birth or a natural birth or a home birth. But there just weren't a lot of resources for my clients who were part of the 92% of women birthing in a hospital and very much open to medical interventions like an epidural, nitrous oxide, and opioid medications. So I wrote that book to fill the gap for you. Week by week throughout your pregnancy, you will engage with material meant to educate and empower you as you plan for your own birth story, hospital, medicated, unmedicated, or something in between. You are welcomed each week with a postcard from the womb, which is an adorable note from your baby about their miraculous development, as well as the amazing changes occurring within you. Then you are invited to use an uplifting birth affirmation and to respond to an introspective journaling prompt to document your feelings, curiosities, and wonders every single week. With room to memorialize your own birth story, this book will become a memory keeper and a legacy gift for your baby. You are encouraged to read one of my favorite birth stories each week filled with childbirth education, tidbits, and explanations of important medical terms and procedures. These are real-life accounts shared with permission from the births that I've attended during my career as a doula, and I gave you a great mix. In the 42-week guide to your pregnancy and 42 birth stories, seven of them end in cesarean section. About half are unmedicated and the other half are medicated deliveries. This is a judgment-free book. So take what you need from each element and leave the rest. Okay, are you ready to buy? I would love for you to go to birthstory.com and buy it directly from me. But I totally get it if you're an Amazon girl. You can head to amazon.com and just type in birthstorypregnancy 
and the book should pop up. I'll deliver it straight to your doorstep. And I would venture to say that you might be an audiobook kind of woman because you're listening to a podcast. So if you would prefer to listen to this book, then I have recorded it and it is available for download at audible.com or on your Audible app. Thank you for being part of the birth story community. I'm so excited for you to have this book in your hand once you've purchased it and it has arrived. I hope that you will give me your thoughts and feedback and don't forget to take a selfie with your book and post it on Instagram and tag at birthstorypodcast. Thank you for listening to the Birth Story Podcast. If you are tuning in for the first time, I want to encourage you to start at the beginning. I want you to go on a journey with me and allow me to be your virtual doula and teach you all the things along the way. So I'm just going to give you a couple highlights of some of the earlier podcast episodes if you are just now tuning in. So very first episode, episode one, you can learn all about me, who I am, why I became a doula, why it is. I do what I do, and also my very own birth story with my second child, Jagger. Then I've interviewed some really cool CEOs. So episode three, Tori Jones is the CEO of Eshell Triangle, and she was also featured on Rachel Hollis's The Rise podcast. Episode seven was Rachel Coley, the CEO of Can Do Kiddo. She was just on Good Morning America. She's an incredible occupational therapist that teaches you how to play with your baby, and her birth stories are incredible. Episode 10 was one of my best friends, Amy, who had a V-back in the car. We have done episodes on micro preemies, episode 18. 21 on international adoption out of Uganda, 24 and 25. Oh, those episodes like get a box of tissues. They're on surrogacy and cancer. We've addressed hypnobirthing, fertility, really easy, joyful, uh, medicated births, really hard, long labors, medicated, unmedicated, everything in between. So I hope you'll start at the beginning. Let the Birth Story Podcast take you on a journey all the way through and enjoy this episode. And then remember to rewind all the way back to episode one. Thanks for tuning in. Okay, Daddy Boot Camp continued with Justin, Chris, and Kaz. And if you're just tuning in and you're like, what is Heidi talking about? Stop, rewind, go back. That is part one of the second round of Daddy Boot Camp. And then this episode is part two. If you've been listening, thanks for hanging in. This is incredible. And we're just getting to the meat of Justin, Chris, and Kaz's birth stories and experiences with their partners. Thank you for listening. Please write a review. Give us some feedback. Let these dads and partners know what you think about this episode. I come back in the room and, you know, the nurse leaves and just explains it to me. The doctor came in. The doctor was really, really cool. And things kind of like, the one nurse was kind of snippy, right? But shift changes at seven. So she left, new crew came in. It was all good. Now this is where my days do not, match up to what Jess's memories are, which makes sense because my experience was much different. But I think they want to say they started Pitocin initially. What day was this? This was on Tuesday. This is a Tuesday. Yeah, okay. so this is Tuesday at 1 p.m. we started. Right? Okay. Did they start with the Pitocin? I think they did. And then they did the balloon. Side attack? They, they did that after the first round of Pitocin. Okay. So I think they did the balloon first, right? So that And that was interesting 
not in a good way to be a part of where they do two separate balloons and one is to help dilate the cervix. And I don't even know what the other one was. There were two. And that didn't do as much as like we had hoped. And it's then... to put pressure. So it's a fully bulbed oh, catheter. Okay. So it's supposed to like you, it inflates with saline right. and it's meant to put pressure on the cervix and then to stretch it, it open. Right. Yeah. Right. So that didn't, that wasn't a pleasant experience for her. I could tell obviously. And then it didn't, it didn't work. So the doctors were great. Doctor came in and was like, there's a couple, you know, we can, we'll, we'll continue with the Pitocin. I'm going to jump in yeah, real quick. Absolutely. Teaching opportunity. So they give you 12 hours with a Foley bulb catheter and the Foley bulb will naturally fall out when you're dilated to five centimeters. So they put it in to stretch. Then once it hits the goal, then it it'll comes, just fall comes out. out. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. But in Jess's case, it never, never did fell out right. because her cervix didn't thin and open to five centimeters. Right. So, that, so that first night really wasn't that bad, right? Because she got to sleep and she wasn't on like monitoring and she wasn't... Not allowed to eat because right. she has gestational she diabetes. She couldn't eat. She could have ice chips and God. water. And so the next morning, it didn't... Whatever the 12-hour gap was, right? They removed it. And then we started like, what are the options, right? So she, her water hadn't broke. Like mucus plug, none of that stuff. So... We kind of went through that for another day, right? And they did the Pitocin. Then they mentioned Cytotec. And of, of course, she immediately started doing research on Cytotec. And if you do research on Cytotec, it's not something you'd probably be inclined to like want to do or want to have your your wife do. But had a really great conversation with a doctor who has three. And she was like, if it was your your wife, you know, this is Jess's way of doing it. She's wanting to make a decision that's, that would be detrimental to, to the health of the baby. And he's like, I, I would do it. Like, it's safe for what we're trying to do. So we did that didn't do anything. And they're like, well, we can break your water. And a lot of times that starts. And this is probably, this is probably Wednesday afternoon. Does that make sense? She'd been there a full 24 hours. I think like we're, I think we're kind of on Thursday. Thursday morning. Yeah, you're right. Thursday morning. Just so everybody knows I have been coming and going. Yeah, yeah, she was, (laughs) Heidi ruled. She brought, she bring me. Just so I'm clear with Cass that like, (laughs) I did show up every day. (laughs) So Heidi bring a full circle here, you know. I was hoping for active labor (laughs) every day. I was ready to go. Cass was ready to toss you under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi came the first night and set the room up and it was made like lights and moon and like, diffuser yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had like words of affirmation and it was um you know some scripture around the room it was great so fast forward to thursday you can break your water and she was determined to be like natural right so that, that we had another doctor that came and that was great and she's like look you've been in some you know she's having contractions through this time but they're very mild and they started to peak and i would be like watching them on and be like oh yeah this is it and then it wasn't it and I think Heidi was being very realistic with her conversations with Jessica about being like this. So you're, this is uncomfortable and you're not enjoying this. And it's only, this is you like nothing. And then that was, you know, the, you mean like, you mean nothing? I said, this is the tip of the ice. Like I was like, if if you have any pain on your pain scale, I remember telling Jessica, like if you're, if you think you're feeling like a one or a two, like this is like a negative two, like there are, but the, this is the thing, the fatigue starts to set in right. and the mm-hmm. exhaustion and, the so hunger. and your hunger. Yeah, so now your threshold, like a really strong woman after three days of not sleeping, not eating, kind of prodromal labor, people poking and prodding at you, your threshold is now down right. here. Right. So this is from like my perspective where I knew I was going to have to evolve that conversation to help 
Jessica come to terms with being okay with some medical interventions right. to have a better experience. Yeah. And by this time, she was on full monitoring. So the baby was being monitored, which means she couldn't get out of bed. So after that 24-hour period of not being able to eat or anything, she wasn't allowed to leave the bed. Oh, man. So couldn't go wow. to the bathroom, couldn't like go to the, you know, she couldn't get in the tub. We couldn't walk around any of that stuff. So it's not. So are you and, just using the bathroom in a bedpan at this point? She is. A yeah. catheter. I mean, catheter. yeah, catheter. catheter. Right? Okay. So, and then it was either across the hall or a door down. Someone must have like swept in and been right in labor, but it sounded like the Bates Hotel. Like she was like, can you turn that music up? And I was like, well, I, I was playing, I was playing Zelda on the Switch. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> And she's like, you can't hear that lady screaming? And I'm like, no. And I turned down. I was like, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Someone like uh, was literally in transition, yeah. like natural labor transition. Right. Uh, like a wall apart. And it was vibrating. Right. Well, and, it, the, and it was probably brutal. And then I think what it was funny because my memory could be, I don't even know if it's true, but I remember it seemed like a couple minutes and then they played that damn song. <laughs> Like there's yes. a baby being, and then Jess was like, you, we've been here for three days. Are you kidding me? Like every time she heard that, I think there was a little bit for both of us of being like, man, like they what, should make that not play inside in the rooms, the rooms yeah, like, of what? laboring women. Like the right. hallway is great, right. but like, let's not play that song when laboring yeah, women are trying really hard to have their baby. That's a good call. A little tricky. And so after that conversation, she was like, I think you. And the doctor's like, you're, so your uterus is a giant muscle. Right. And it's been in some form of activity for two to three days now. That's not good because that can lead to hemorrhaging, right? Which can be detrimental. So basically, we get to the point where the doctor is willing to do an epidural before they break her water, which we thought was cool. And we, we decided to go that route. And they did that. And they broke her water. We continued with Pitocin and Cytotec. And we got to... I was super excited because we got to a point where the like they really were getting closer together and started, you know, increasing in intensity. And then after that would happen, it would just kind of basically like peter back down. And throughout this whole process, Heidi's like in and out. So you're doing the um, emotional roller coaster even in the hospital. Yeah, too. it was it was yeah. it was wild. Yeah. And she just could not. I mean, she couldn't even get out of bed. So we got to a point and like clinically, this is just her uterus is tired, right? right? It's been kind of overworked, but didn't really lead to cervical change. Right. And then her uterus is really tired. So no matter, like, I think one of the things that I want people to hear from your story is like, when you're induced early, like no matter what you, you can throw every drug out there, every medical device out yeah. there. Like if your body physiologically is not ready, That's not, it doesn't make not, a difference. it's not happening. Right. Yeah. 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 No, we definitely absolutely got to that point. And I think... It's probably on Friday where they were talking about one more round of Cytotec and another round of Pitocin. And she was basically like, I need some time. I need everyone. I need to get unattached from stuff. I need to walk around. I need to eat. And so the doctors came and they agreed to it. It was great. because They were like, you can have something light to eat. And I, she was like, I want Doritos and a sub. I'm like, that don't work. <laughs> Sounds good to me. After so, like three and a half days yeah, of no like, food. Right, have whatever yeah. you want. So they they agreed to, I think it was, they gave us four hours and they were going to let everything kind of try to get Pitocin out of her system and give us four hours. So we walked around the hospital and just the eighth floor, that's as far as they would let us go. And I drove down and got us some sandwiches and some chips and we sat there and we watched, you know, this is the first, I think it's the first time we put the TV on, watched something on TV. Um, and they came back. 
about four hours later, and they started the next process. They got approval. So Pitocin, I guess typically they only go up to 20. They got approval because so Ethan's heart rate was at 155 the whole time. Oh, wow. He was super, like wow. baby, super strong. So we have approval to go up to 30. Okay. And we'll see if that does it, right? Like last stitch. Yeah. So did you have the same doctor for all four no. days? So you they were rotating over the 24 hours. Yeah, rotating doctors. So how many we, did you see? Four, probably five? Five doctors. Five doctors. And each one of them. Were awesome. Had a different plan. Yeah, that, totally different, different strategies, right? Like different strategies. Just like the second opinion. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like yeah. everyone had a different plan for them. And that's a and, whole other layer of complexity. Yeah. To it, it was, and we were really fortunate because they all listened to us. And I think they were really amenable to Heidi when had, those conversations came up. I think we saw over 30 nurses, 27, I think is wow. the one we counted. Wow. And then we, we had Mandy, who was the greatest nurse of all time. She's amazing. Shout out to Mandy. Yeah. Mandy came on again. She requested her next shift to be back with us. And we probably, without her and Heidi, it would have been a totally different experience. So just nominate her for the Daisy Award. I hope she wins it. Oh she my rose. gosh, I love it. Yeah. But let's just throw in like to even further complicate matters. Like there was a moment where Jess was like, my, I'm feeling kind of blurred vision. Mm-hmm. And it was like her blood sugar was low. Yeah. And then the epidural came out. Yeah, yeah. So that was... <laughs> That was wow. not not good. So oh, Heidi, would, this was Friday morning, I'm guessing, I think. It must have been. Yeah. So Jess is like, wow, this is like intense. This is, you know. So I, I think I'm texting Heidi. I'm like, she's like, does she know how to use the button on it? I'm like, yeah. She's like pushing. I was like, okay. And then she, out of nowhere, like she, it was like an exorcist moment where she lost her mind on me. Where looking back, it's the one of the funniest things that ever happened in my life as it was going on. It was funny, but I knew I couldn't laugh. And it, but it was, I was terrified, like absolutely terrified too. Yeah, she, I mean, she used words I've never heard come out of her mouth. So I knew something was up. We were having a baby or something had happened. And Heidi was like, I asked the anesthesiologist to make sure everything's good. And I think right when you got back to the hospital with my hazelnut latte, thank you very much, was when the anesthesiologist had just left, I believe. They had just replaced it okay. because I had said... If her button is not working, like she right. needs to get her epidural replaced. Right. So, so anybody listening, 12 to 15% of epidurals need to be replaced. Yeah. So her, really? hers came out. Mm-hmm. That's why she was in so much pain. Got so it. she had kind of like a linebacker nurse. The, the one time we saw her overnight that when she was flipping her, I was like, I just remember kind of waking up and being like, whoa, what's going on over there? So it probably happened. Like but wait, wait, did you say linebacker nurse? Yeah. You okay. did say linebacker like, nurse. He kind of flew yeah. through yeah. that. I want to make yeah. sure I heard that properly. <laughs> That's what I mean. I remember, you know, it's dark. I'm asleep. It's like, is that a panther? I don't know what's happening. Um, but so, the, but the look on Jess's face when they were like, oh, the epidural came out. I was like, okay, I'm leaving the room. Like, I don't know what to do. And then the anesthesiologist is like, well, we can do a spinal or we can replace it. And I'm like, well, spinal doesn't sound good. But you were actually there because I left. So yeah. you were back. Mm-hmm. And Jess actually said, I would prefer Heidi to be here for the epidural. Right. So I went to Earl's and drank beer. To be perfectly honest, I went and got a poke bowl <laughs> and had some beer. You needed a breather. Right. And it, you got that breather. And I think it, you came back re-energized. Yeah, I did for sure. And it was great so. because, you know, Heidi kind of like, she basically like engulfed her and prayed over her and just spoke to her because... Epidural is no joke from, you know, it's it's not a pleasant experience. So that was another thing that we went through. And then I think when we, so the next round of Tosin and Cytotech, I, I want to say we got up to a 26. 
And we had an awesome, probably the best doctor, all the, all, all the ones we've seen, this was their, her second shift with us. And we were kind of like bouncing, like, what do we do? Is it C-section time? Do we keep, because Jess was like adamant, right? She, everything she had, she had kind of wanted to happen, hadn't happened yet, but she was still holding out that she could have a vaginal birth. And that was very important to her. And she wasn't going to make a decision because she knows herself well enough where she would never outlive that guilt. So she said, I want to have a C-section. She would have always questioned herself, like, why did I decide to do that? So she had a conversation with the doctor and she was great. And the doctor was like, she, she said to the doctor, what would you do? And she was like, well, how long have you been here? The doctor was really strategic looking back because she never said this is what I would do. Like in the line of questioning and yeah, the conversation. Right. Now. She, she looked at her chart. She went and got her full chart and looked at it and kind of looked and she mapped out some time. And she's like, like technically speaking, this is a, now it is considered a medically failed induction. And my recommendation is for your health and the health of the baby, you have a C-section. Gotcha. And that's all we needed. Yep. And then it was like, okay, 45 minutes to get your shit together and move to the recovery room. And I was like, whoa, wait a second. Do we have like, how do we, okay, like give us a minute. And we, Jess and I talked about it afterwards because I remember having a conversation with you about you have your OR credentials and did we want you to be in the room? And I was like, yes. And then we never had that conversation with anyone else. And we didn't even realize it until after we had the baby. <laughs> because okay. it was like, it was like chaos. <laughs> And I'm running stuff to the car and then like figuring out what do I need to take to recovery. And then I'm in scrubs and like, it was the most surreal thing ever. Yeah. So we I took went in my on Tuesday. Role, I was going to say, I took my role different at that point. Like right. I came in and you were getting kind of dressed and then I, you know, put on some worship music. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And had a good cry with Jess yep. and just this release. Mm -hmm. I think it was just like this moment of release and, and praising God it that was. the baby was on his way and that this whole ordeal was going to be over. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, now. it was intense for me too. I shoot, I'm gonna get was the release because you guys knew it was happening. You'd been there for five days and you, th this is going to happen in the next 45 minutes. Was that, was yeah, that it? I, that was a huge, I think the biggest part of it was like, so uh, people always say like, it's okay to not be okay. Right. Yeah, Which yeah. I firmly believe, I think now it's a little bit cliche, but that was the <laughs> point where it was like, it's not okay. And that's all right. Like we're finally there. This is, we're going to have some, we're going to have a son. Right. Somehow this is going to happen. But then to know, like. It was the right thing to do. That's what meant the most to her yeah. and to me. To, to be perfectly honest, the thing that meant the most to me, even before the health of my unborn child, was that she was okay. Right. It's like, I wanted her, I wanted this to be whatever she wanted or whatever she needed it to be. And at that point, it worked. That was going to be all right for us. And there was, there was a giant, like calming, serene, like excitement. And like, we, Jess and I remember having like a moment there was a very intense like connection with like, that now it's now it's kind of real because up until that point, going from what our journey had been, it 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 wasn't real for me. I mean, it was, but it was always like so that fear that we right, were talking yeah, about, like, yeah, right. And it was ruling my heart, which is right. the word. And but the yeah. more you try to not let that happen, it's like, geez, they just it's still it's running everything, right? Which is, but at that point, there was it was like when I was walking to the car, I felt like. I felt good for the first time about like wow, and nice. goods and understatement. I felt like really, really okay. Yeah. Like, like it was like, like, yeah, like this is what this is. It might not have been what we wanted to happen. This is absolutely the way it was supposed to go down. And I'm getting ready to have a son. About right. Yes. Minutes, right. I yeah. mean, that, I think that's a lot of people that if they could understand that at first, cause I didn't understand it until I heard it the first time. 
Like one of the nurses said to us when we got there, you're getting ready to meet your son in 45 minutes. Yeah, that's some heavy stuff. And I was, that's when like, it was a big thing for me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. we really are. <laughs> yeah. I like that. You know, yeah. and I think it's, I think it's such an easy statement, but I think it's one of the most powerful things you can hear, like in the moment, because yeah. it it sets the stage. It really does, in my yeah. opinion. It, yeah, it was it was wild. So to, to so have you went that in there like, in the operating room, oh, and God, that, yeah, that was. Did you look? Did you peek around the corner? Oh, you haven't heard this part. Yeah, I have to be very strategic in how I tell this. <laughs> I have my uh, drinking with buddies version, and then. Well, we're uh, drinking not, with buddies. Know, that was good. Yeah. yeah, let's let's stay uh, so, with that version. So you, Heidi did an amazing job of preparing Jessica for the C-section, and by me listening, I was I felt like I was prepared. I was not prepared at all. And at this point, at I all. would say I thought I was going with you. Yeah, yeah, and I th- I think I thought that you were too, and I didn't realize you weren't until it was done. So we were in recovery, and that's all on me. That's absolutely on me. But what do you mean by that? Like you weren't. Like the, the sight of it, yes. the, the, her pain, like what, what do you mean? All of it. So they take you, so they take me into the recovery area where okay. we'll be after the surgery. And that's like 10 or 15 minutes later when she's like the anesthesiologists are good where they're actually getting ready to like start the procedure. Then they bring me in. So kind of okay. sitting up there with So my you're wife. not in there for the prep? No, not okay. the prep work. Right? They're like ready to go. So I come in and I sit up there and she, the by, she's shaking uncontrollably, right? And that's a byproduct of the anesthesia and the medications they have her on. And that's an uncomfortable sight to see your wife, even though it's not painful. It's just, it's an odd thing to see, right? So I'm trying to comfort her and I'm trying, I think it was, I was, I, I'm sure I did something dumb, try to be funny or have a dumb conversation that was probably out of place. I don't really recall what it was. All I remember is the two anesthesiologists were talking about their favorite vegan restaurant in LA. And it's the other dudes talking about the Cubs, which I thought was, it was interesting, but. So was strange. It was yeah, a, it was I'm going to say it was inappropriate. Right. I, I, I thought it was a little bit odd. Like this is a bigger yeah. moment for us. So maybe, maybe no conversation. All right, ding dong. It was odd. Why don't you keep quiet for yeah, five minutes? It, it was interesting. Which kind of goes um, back to the habitual thing that yeah, you were right? referring to it's earlier like, in, the, in the podcast. Yeah, We are creatures of habit. So Mandy was in the OR. So our awesome nurse, she was like the drill sergeant, right? Like I'm like, army guys so she was like a di and they're like running stuff she put on worship music which was great um because she had heard you put it on for jess so she had it on in there and there's a point in time where there it's very apparent that things are happening on the other side of that sheet like i thought i smelled burning flesh at one time which i probably didn't but there's a lot of jostling oh you things. did okay oh, yeah okay. you 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay good wow so stuff going on and then they they announce it. They're like, we have a birth, right? And there's like hoops and hollers and everyone's excited and everything. And the anesthesiologist says, do you want to see your son? And I'm like, well, of course I want to see my son. He says, stand up. I don't do well with things that I'm not prepared <laughs> to see. Okay. So I stood up and that was a terrible idea. So I remember them holding my son and then watching. So we did as much of a delayed clamping as you can do. In the okay. C-section, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing this stuff kind of like, you know, wow. blood and everything go through, which was interesting. But then my eyes like dipped down a little bit and that was not interesting. So I was at that, there was a moment where I was hundred percent sure my wife was dead. And then I was pissed. I was like, why did they murder my wife? <laughs> because her, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. Right? yeah like, everything. there's a whole lot of stuff going on that I don't need to know about. And then I literally, it's the first time in my life when people say like a deer in the headlights, I could not move where Jess was like, 
are you like, are you all right? But she's like, why? What's going just on? Just frozen. Could yeah. not divert my eyes. Really? Yeah. And like at, at this, at all of it. Like they're just so, a scene. Like, yeah, I'm still yeah, standing yeah. up, and I just, yeah, it was, it, it was wild because it's such a, it's amazing, right? What they surreal. Do, but it, when you're not, I was not prepared for that. I don't know what I thought I was gonna see. That was just, it's dumb on my part for sure. And then I kind of snapped out of it, like look around the room, but then they're like counting like all the, the sponges and the gauze to make sure nothing's left in after the surgery. And thank God there was one, they had a couple of NICU nurses in there because mm-hmm. of some of the at-risk stuff. And they were taking like over under on how big he was. Like, is he above 10? Is he going to be like nine? Whatever it was. And they like really got, did a good job of like, hey, come over here. And um, so that's kind of when I was able to just bypass that and come back to reality a little bit. Yeah, and I had a son, and he was he That's was a big awesome. boy. He's not wow. a little over nine pounds, and I got to take him back on the other side of the sheet. But it was weird. I had a I had a experience where when I got to, when I when I got to hold him, and I went back to where Jess was, and we I stayed there for a couple minutes, and then I went back. But in that moment, I felt really bad because I didn't feel anything. I, I expected this moment to be like, "Wow, I'm a father, and this is my son." Yep. And, my boy and all this stuff and it was there was nothing at all i mean literally like kind of like uh, am i holding this right it was a, it was a very surreal experience but when i got back to the recovery i bawled like a baby yeah. i mean i lost my mind that makes total sense to wow. me there was sensory well, I was overload like trauma like, yeah. shock. Yeah. like yeah. literal shock yeah and i felt and you're worried about your weight <laughs> yeah, still like sure. how do you even focus yeah. on the you know yeah and it was it was really interesting because i think the day so the next day we're sitting in the hospital and we had a really candid because I would never share that with Jessica. Like I would never share that with Jess. And Is she, she looked to over. Listen to this podcast? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, but she looked over at me and she's like, "When you brought him to me, she's like, I, I really didn't feel what I expected to feel." And she's like, "And I felt so like, I don't guilty. We probably don't have a word to describe it. Like it's a little bit of like guiltiness, I guess." And I was like, "Oh, thank God you said that!" Like that yeah. was a huge relief because I was like, "No, it was because we're both in shock of like what was going on." And a lot of times, too, mo- this I'm speaking from the mom's point of view in a C-section, but a lot of times in child, Christina will probably also Cass's wife talks about this in childbirth. Sometimes we forget to think about the baby because we're in survival mode. Yeah, of course. So, like mm-hmm. when you're cut open with your organs, you know, sitting on top of you, wow. like. You want to connect with your baby, but in that moment, your 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 body is trying, yeah. mind are trying to focus on you staying right. alive, Absolutely. and you know reserves bonding time yeah. for once you know you're okay. It's kind of like a mammalian response, right? right. Take very, care of yourself, then yeah. then right. find your baby. Yeah, fight or flight for sure. But it was it, it made me feel that was another way for us to connect. Yeah, right. So, but I, I feel. I wouldn't change our story, and that sounds brutal to say, our journey all the way out because I, we've gone through what I think married couples go through in 25, 30 years. We've done it in four. It's true. A, yeah. like a little over three, actually. So I'm grateful for that. But I think we know each other so intimately that it's almost scary sometimes. But when she acknowledged that feeling and I could be open and acknowledge that feeling, that was like the last hurdle I think I felt personally with the fear and the doubt and and that was a huge moment for me that's awesome and it's been i mean yeah he's he's perfect our story was perfect it's exactly how it was supposed to be for us cheers yes we'll probably not not agree cheers yay um it was awesome 
Now we're going to take a short break to just share a few things with you. Thanks for listening to the Birth Story Podcast. I am so excited to announce the launch of my book, Birth Story, a 42-week guide for your pregnancy, a collection of these birth stories, a ton of doula advice, and journaling prompts. You can order a copy today at birthstory.com. It also will mean the world to me if you'll spread the word about this podcast. So on Stitcher or on iTunes, just leave a review. Thanks. All right, Cass, it's your turn to tell your story about your beautiful daughter, Kennedy. Yes, yes. And um, I thought maybe you could just start with, like, we heard from you earlier that Christina was, okay, she was bouncing on that ball and she was like, I'm going to have a natural childbirth. Yeah, absolutely. And Um, I do want to highlight real quick on something Justin had said about the traditional family and things like that. We had a phenomenal support group, and that was a big hurdle for us because Christina had both of her parents been married 30 years. My parents, both been married 30 years, wanted to be in the room. Mm. And one of the issues that we encountered was how many people can be be in in the room. room. And, you know, the moms and then the battling of the roles and things like that. So I, I will be an advocate also for those that do have that support that are looking to accomplish something that might be a little bit different than what your parents or your in-laws may see as part of your birth plan, you know? And that was where Christina was. She wanted the natural birth. My mom was, you know, you need to use modern medicine. Her mom was, you need to use modern medicine. And Christina was dead set that this is going to be a natural birth and she needed someone to be there for that. Both of them, both of the, of the, the grandmothers had experienced a natural birth too. So I feel like that was important just to highlight very quickly. You know. talk, talk How was that complexity there with the mother-in-laws? Because me and Kelly have talked a lot about it because her mother is a piece of work. Right. And my mother is a piece of work. Right. right. In very, 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 <laughs> very different ways. Fair enough. I, I will say that yeah, my mom absolutely 1,000% wanted to be in the room. This was going to be her first grandchild. And Your she, mother. My mother. Okay. And she wanted to be there 100%. Christina's mom knew she was going to be in that room. My mom was just hoping to be. At the end of the day, what the dynamic looked like is 1,000% they both stood behind what Christina wanted, despite the way they may have felt they wanted things to go. Knowing that it was going to be a tough road for Christina, they still sat back. They were in the room during the whole time, and we'll kind of talk about that in the birth story. Uh, They sat on the couch quietly which is difficult for both of them to do and let christina (laughs) that's kind of what i meant by my earlier statement yeah yeah they 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 sat there quietly and and really fulfilled the exact role that that christina wanted and they honored her wishes wishes which is we couldn't ask for a better scenario with 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 the mothers all the parent uh, paranoia worked out great anyway absolutely absolutely because that was definitely a big concern because they wanted to be there hands-on doing it helping their daughter and daughter-in-law do this thing that they've done multiple times. So, yeah, yeah. that's absolutely. awesome. So how so, did you know, like, how did she know she was in labor? So uh, let's see that night around 8 PM, she, or on July 3rd, she said, uh, she wanted five guys. So she grub hubbed some five guys. She, she crushed it. She had came home early from work that day. And this had been the second day in a row that she had came home early from work due to some contractions. Um, her boss drove her home both times. Her car was left at work. So, she didn't tell her doula that. Right. Yeah. This was the second day. Yeah. <laughs> the second time that she had come home from work with contractions. And so I just assumed it was going to be the same thing as the first time. Like, you don't need to be going to work, you know, from here on out. You know, let's just ride right. this thing out. So 
on that second day, on the July 3rd, she came home. Uh, I was just expecting the same old, same old. I came home from work. She grubbed up some five guys. Uh, she ate it. We talked to Heidi that night, said, hey, you know, Christina came home from work. She's feeling some contractions. And I think Heidi said, you know, what you need to do is you need to go. You need to sleep. You need to get as much sleep as you possibly can just in case it's time. And to be honest, I need to get some sleep because I think you had just done like a three-day bend with with, with I was probably client. at Chris's birth. Probably at no, Chris's birth. No, birth. No, it was a little bit different. But <laughs> right. but you, you, I think you had just been on like a two. two no, I was at Jules's birth the Jules's, day before. Okay, there you go. So yeah. so you could have used the eight hours of sleep <laughs> as well as us. So told us, you know, go lay down. So it was about eight o'clock, eight thirty. We laid down by ten thirty. Which I was just hitting that, you know, that rim, Sweet that, spot. That, that rim cycle yeah. of sleep, you know, and all of a sudden Christina jumps out of bed, stands up, and her water broke. Mm. Uh, this is around ten thirty, maybe touching on eleven somewhere in there. So we texted Heidi and said, you know, this is where we are. You know, her water has broke. Christina's standing up, and 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 I remember you describing a water breaking. You know, like, will it just you know be trickle of water and you're like no it'll look like a two liter has just emptied on your floor and that's in fact what it was but i can remember christina's like don't let don't let it ruin the rug get some towels and so like i'm scrambling for towels you know uh priorities yeah absolutely right so we get back in bed we, we texted heidi at that point she's like so let's you know just it may be a while from now though so you know just get back comfortable in your bed and 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 start timing the contractions so we did and i think by Within an hour, hour and a half, Christina wanted you there. Yeah. It was very soon uh, that, that she wanted Heidi there. And the contractions weren't unbearable, but uh, they were they were pretty strong. Mm -hmm. uh, Christina was feeling them pretty strong. And, and I have always given Christina credit for being a very, very strong person and very high pain tolerance. <laughs> However, I think the first time Heidi talked to her, she was like, what's your pain on a one to 10? 10 being someone stabbing you with a knife. And I think she said a six. Heidi was like, we're in big trouble because this should be a one category. <laughs> so, at which point Christina laughed and Heidi's like, okay, well, yeah. Reframe. <laughs> you, I had to do yeah. this evening uh -huh. with Jessica. I was like, well, reframe. Let, let's rethink pain here real yeah. quick. So what, Heidi, I would say probably you were at our house by midnight of that. Yeah. Maybe a little bit early, maybe eleven thirty. Yeah, I had never fallen asleep, so that was yeah, good. I had yeah. plenty of energy. <laughs> so, so showed up, ready to rock and roll. Came in, lit some candles. We went ahead and notified the family at that point. Hey, Christine's water's broke. We don't. We're not going to the hospital. That was a whole other conversation to have with with both sets of parents. Hey, her water broke, but we're not going to the hospital. We're just going to ride this thing out at home for a little while, and you know, then we'll head to the hospital. That was a whole other conversation, which which we had, and they both you know respected that. So. So we're at the house, we we lit some candles, we we turned on some some worship music, some uh, some breathing music. I think it, in fact it was where we started with some breathing music, and we labored in the bed for probably an hour, 30, 30 minutes to an hour. We labored in the bed, um, and then Heidi suggested that we move to Kennedy's room. It was already set up, ready to go, just waiting on Kennedy to arrive. No idea if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So we're in the baby's room. How did y'all decide to wait? So Christine and I both had two friends that that did it. And in the moment, we were like, they're crazy. There's no way, right? And then when when we actually found out we were pregnant, we both kind of looked at each other and were like, do you want to know? I was like, I could go without it. She's like, I could go without it. And that it's was, cool, that was right? settled. So we went without it. Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of grays, a lot of neutrals. You know, the, the most people that suffer are those that want to get you gifts. Want to you gifts. Yeah, those are the ones that suffer yeah. more than anybody else, we, you know? <laughs> we found out on our <laughs> genetics report. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'm oh, in the medical field, so I obviously yeah, yeah. 
And I told him, I said, don't send this over if you're going to check the full chromosome. Right. Like, I just don't yeah. do it. Keep it. Did you have intent on not knowing? No, no. We we wanted to do a uh, okay. um, a reveal. A process. Yeah, gotcha. no, no, a reveal. And I, I, I do. So got it all straight in the doc's office, whatever, and sends it over. And Kelly calls. He's like, yeah, it's like buried in page 48 out of 50. You won't even notice it. You won't even know how to read it. First thing. Three is. lines down, Y chromosome positive. I'm like, <laughs> love, it. love it. That's how we found and out. And there you so are. Yeah, exactly. It's just the most anticlimactic thing in the world. Very was, cool. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean <laughs> No, to no, no. All good. Yeah. All good. Yeah, this is what this is for. But yeah, so so we walked, We went into the baby's room and uh, we labored on a medicine ball. Uh, we played music in there. Uh, Hampton, our dog, showed up for the party. Uh, he was in the room with us for a little while. Really tried to make it as as peaceful as possible, which is what Christina wanted. She wanted to labor as long as possible at home before going to the hospital. I basically did what Heidi told me to do. She was like, hey, go to my car and get this. And then I'd go get that ball. And she's like, hey, go to my car and get this. i go get a car and get that. Rub Christina's back right here. And so that's kind of the, the role I fulfilled. And, and to be honest, I kind of fall in the same. I wanted to be the coach. I wanted to be the guy. But then I kind of back up and I'm like, I have no clue what I'm doing. As much as I want to be that, I, I can't, you know. So we labored in the, in, in, in the baby's room, in Kennedy's room, for about an hour at that point. So that took us to about 1 a.m. And then we started transitioning to the hallway and doing uh, wall squats mm-hmm. for every contraction the, with a, <laughs> um, a rubber band or a, a band. The rebozo. Gotcha. That hooked on the door and she would pull down on it and, and really go into a deep squat for, for her contractions. And then we would transition to the restroom and, and let her go in there. And it was one significant sound that Heidi heard from the restroom that let her know we're, we're making moves to the hospital. And it was that that grunt, that push that I think you said, Yeah, let's roll. Well, it's in combination, right? So her water was broken mm-hmm. and she was making that primal guttural sound together. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it's like, well, I don't think you're going to be in labor for 20 hours, <laughs> right. you know? True, true, and, true. Um, and so I, she made a sound that made me go, okay, I think based on our previous conversations... How, how do you feel? Do you guys feel like it's time to go? And, right. And both of you guys were, yep, we, yeah, we like were. we're ready to go. We were. And, and I think a part of that was also just with it being the first, a little bit of just being scared, mm-hmm. you know, in the process. And if something does go wrong, wanting to be at the hospital for that scenario. So, you know, on the edge of our seat, we were both kind of like, okay, when's the hospital call? You know, when, when is that going to happen? And it, and it happened about, I think we arrived at the hospital around 2.30 or 3 a.m. on July 4th morning. Flashers and all, you know, we, we took off from the house. Uh, Heidi drove separate. Maybe it might not have been as, ne- as uh, a necessity as your situation. I, I forgot but, about mine. Left it down there for two hours. So I, yeah. I was doing, still down there running with the hazards. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Abandoned cigar. The only car. The only place in Charlotte you can leave a car (laughs) and no one will take take it. it, Running and everything. Keys in it. Yeah. And I'd probably probably go to sleep that night. And the nurse goes, did you ever move move your your car? car? I'm like, what car? Yeah. Probably run out of gas. Absolutely. So we did that whole thing, you know, and then we, you know, went on up. It took us about an hour to get to our room. Because she wasn't as dilated as we had as we had thought, um, she was around a, centi- a centimeter or two at that point in time. So about a forty-five to an hour, we were in in that triage room, which is fairly difficult. The nurses did the best they could because I was the only one allowed back. 
So Heidi kind of had to just stand out there and listen to Christina, you know, yell through every contraction, which was, I'm sure, as difficult for her as it was for me to hear them and not know what to do. I kind of just instinctively went to back to some of the things that you had done with Christina at the house, and we just maneuvered that as best we could. You know, we had the nurses turn the fluorescent lights off, which was great. So they were definitely ready to accommodate and do what they needed to do. So he moves to a room. Once in the room, uh, we decked it out with with lights and music and the whole nine yards and, and that words of affirmation on the wall and and all that good stuff. Christina labored in the bathtub, um, which was her favorite place to be, was the bathtub. They call it the aquadural. The aquadural. The nice. aquadural. She did enjoy that. That was like yeah. her spot. Um, I will say, too, though, that, you know, we're going to get to this part. But like Christina was much further along in her labor than one centimeter dilated. So sometimes what happens is the cervix, all those early contractions, the cervix is getting thin and then it just kind of bursts open. We were in so a good position. You were in a gr- Yeah. The, the baby the, was low. The baby was really yeah, low, but we were low. But the, yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. And so like, but all of the the information that we got that the baby was low, the cervix was like paper thin. And the way that Christina was, you know, emoting mm-hmm. her labor, let let me know, like, this isn't going to be a long yeah, day. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. So, so once in the room, you know, Christina really labored. Um, and, and I should mention again that my mom was in there. Her mom was in there and also her sister, which is one of her best friends, was in the room as well. So we definitely kind of broke the number of people in the room code. But our head nurse was phenomenal. And when she found out Christina wanted to go the the natural route, she was an advocate for that as well. So I really felt like we had a lot of people on our team that were advocating for us, including Heidi. So there was, you know, a, a lot of eyes on Christina during this process. And, and I don't think it was easy on anyone, but it was definitely tolling. I did not realize it would be as tolling on myself as it was watching her labor that hard. And I say that long, four hours of that intense laboring uh, to the to the point where when she's screaming, where the other nurses are coming to our head nurse and saying, has she had that baby yet? Because my girl down here can hear her screaming and what's going on, you know, it's, it's starting to, it's to scare the other girls because her scream is carrying down the hall, which, yeah. which is why I said it might have been us that was yelling. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so. Um, Some women are quiet breathers. I don't know if you, how did Kelly do it, but. Some women are quiet and some are very primal, guttural, loud. You don't know until the moment. Right. You, she was, we heard on the phone in our house. Yeah. At the hospital, be two in the bathroom, then the four on the bed before we had Grayson was primal is the best word I can. Okay. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I can. I have found to be able to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that hearing those that level of just pain and anguish and knowing that this was what she wanted, but also wanting my husband instincts to kick in to protect when she went into transition on the bed and, you know, she's kind of rolling around, she was sweating, she was nauseated and she, her exact words, and I can actually quote these words, someone please save me were her exact words because it wasn't an easy process. And Mm -hmm. Heidi had told her, this is not going to be an easy process. But when those were her words, I felt like for me as a husband, that was my time to step in and say, okay, she's done all she can do. At this point, I have to do something. And mm-hmm. I looked at Heidi and I said, I, th- I think we've got to do something at this point. She's she's worked her tail off. 
So we looked at the nurse and the nurse was like, well, I've got to start on IV because she needs to have a, a bag or two of IV fluid before yeah. we can even. And I'll say it wasn't and- <laughs> just you, Cass. I'm getting glared at, you know, over well, here by all I would the moms. Say, I would say we've got sisters. moms in the room. So exactly. the moms, okay. And Christina's, you know, making comments like that. And so it's definitely a tough position yeah. because I want to honor her wishes, right. as does Heidi, which is why we have her there. But we also have to take into context that, you know, the things that she's saying and is this the right time? And so we went ahead and, and with the head nurse, you know, she was like, well, I got to get her an IV. And I think mentally for Christina, knowing that the IV was there and that the next step was the epidural, mentally it allowed her to reach a place of calm, knowing that this th- there was a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. whenever that tunnel was going to appear. But there was a light. And so she could see that. And I and also stepped in right then. And said, everybody out. You cleared the room. Including me. You'd cleared the room. Said, I'm leaving. Yep. The moms are leaving. The sister's leaving. Were were the looks I'm like, the only people that need to be in this room right now are the nurse, Cass, and Christina. That is very true. I was like, everybody else needs to be out. And that's hard for me, too. Like, (laughs) I was like, but I recognize that the birth plan was pivoting. Mm Mm-hmm. And the only people that needed to be part of that decision was your medical team and then you, the two of you guys. Yep. So we gave you space. And I just said, I, you text me, you know, whenever you're ready for anybody to come back in. And I'm very glad you mentioned that because genuinely I respected the fact that you stepped up and made that call and made that move in that situation. So we had that meeting with the head nurse and she said, you know, what do you want to do? She looked at Christina specifically and Christina nodded, you know, let's let's do something. Mm-hmm. At which point the nurse looked at me and said, she'll never make it. There's no way we'll make it to the epidural. She's too far along. The The contractions are too close. Oh, no way. This baby's going to show up. No way. There's no doubt. So so you wow. made the decision to have the epidural. So so the decision was made that we were going to have the epidural okay. if and when the time was appropriate. But she had to get through a bag and a half right. of, of, of an IV of because yeah. we didn't use any IV at that point. So they went ahead and got the IV in, which ended up being a great scenario for the way things ended up, which which we'll get to that. But at that point, Heidi came back in. We invited Heidi back in. And Heidi looked at the nurse and said, her grunts and where we are, she's pushing. I can hear it in her soul. She's pushing right now. And the nurse said, well, grab a leg. Get out. And at that point, the nurses, the, 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 the mothers came back in and the sister and Christina starts pushing. So we're holding legs. There's you, no, you, there's no, you and doc- Heidi. Yes. yes. No way. The, the doctors are, are not in the room yet. The head nurse is still in the room, though, allowing this to happen, and, and we're pushing. And you can start to see the baby's head. Wow. It's crowning. But and you can also see Christina's relief. I was going to say, and you said when you, you told her specifically, you said, I want you to do me a favor. When the next contraction hits, I want you to push against it. Is that mm-hmm. the right time? Yeah, like push I want you to push against the contraction to fight against it. Instead of letting your body have it and, and opening up and accepting the pain, I want you to push against it. And when she did that, you could tell that there was a sense of relief because you don't have to accept the pain. You can fight against it. And, and at that point, when she started pushing, it was a completely different scenario because Christina was able to step up and do what women do. And uh, it was unbelievable it wasn't like a few pushes though we definitely had had a road ahead of us at but that she point had the, like energy she was kind of chatty she was back to us yep wow she wow. was back to us that's and, phenomenal yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome so this is where like this is just a teachable moment right when the mom gets to no i cannot do this anymore no someone save me i've heard 
I'm dying. I am dying right now. I'm dying. I cannot do this anymore. No, no, no. That is transition. (laughs) That is the definition of transition. And it's like, you can't even describe it. But hearing you tell your story, Cass, I've been a doula for 15 years and and I'm still learning. Every birth, I'm still learning. And this reminds me that I need to do a much better job preparing dads for transition when moms want to have a natural childbirth because maybe I didn't do a a good enough job preparing you for that level of watching your wife suffer Mm -hmm. for a little bit of time because labor's painful, And then transition can be, if it goes on for a long period of time, like closer to four hours instead of two hours, right? Right. Your pain and will transition with it to suffering. And I think Christina was definitely there. We could see that she was suffering, Mm -hmm. you know? But what what do you mean by that? Like teach dads on the transition. I guess if I could go back in time, I would have like spent at least some time alone with Cass saying, this is what you would be normal. This is what we're going to expect. Right. Right. Like, I think that I shared with you guys as a couple, like, this is going to be really difficult, you know, but maybe pulling you aside and saying like, maybe even like explaining like what that primal guttural, like what that you know, and I think too, like, I think at this point too, like, if I remember correctly, like the moms and the sister were like kind of freaking out too. Like yeah, they were not. Absolutely. I think at the end know, of the day, they were hearing Christina. Like I'm over right, here yeah, going, like, this is normal. Exactly. You know, this I'm like another day. Yeah, me and the absolutely. nurse are like, me and the nurse are like, yeah, this is, this is normal. Yeah, you know, absolutely. <laughs> and this is what you wanted. You know, <laughs> I mean, not really. I don't think she wanted to experience suffering. Right. But, but uh, it was part of the pregnancy plan for sure. But yeah. no one. I don't think anyone can prepare you for exactly what that's going to be like. And I I do, you know, partially agree with the exact, you could have taken me aside and said, this is going to be bad or or, these are things you might say, but I still think even in the moment you can't be prepared for it because it's that, it's that completely different. Right. It's your job or your role to protect your wife. Right. Right. And you can't, I also feel like you can, you're not going to coach somebody out of that role because that's your, like you stood there and said your vows and fell in love and committed that I will protect you. Right. You know? And so I feel like that's kind of where I was like, made that call. I'm going to leave the room so that Cass can step up right now as her protector, you know? But but that's one thing we haven't talked about today at all. I thought we were going to talk about a lot. I think it's what you're getting at is instincts. Yeah. Because I have been absolutely amazed at the natural instincts that I've seen out of my wife. Yeah. Even even myself that I had no idea mm -hmm. was in her or in me. It's it's like such a beautiful thing watching Kelly. Like she learned that. Right. Right. She's just got it. Exactly. And I, I, it's just, it's a level of raw talent that I have seen in my wife that it it literally makes my jaw drop. And I think it's one of the crazy, I I figured we'd talk about a lot today. We haven't at all. It's probably a whole whole other hour. We could go on about it, but just what you're saying, you can't be prepared. These are instincts. Yeah. And and that's, what's going to take it, take, take us home basically. No, you're so, exactly right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt no, you. No, no, absolutely not. It, the thought hit me. I was like, we haven't talked about this at all today. Yeah. No, that's you know? I'm going to bring like, you guys back. Yeah. We'll, go, we'll go into a whole other hour. Yeah. Do you all agree with that, though? Absolutely. Like, the instinct? Yeah. I think yeah. it's staggering. It's, it's unbelievable. It's just, especially, I mean, your story is very different from mine, but 
the after, the what you see every like day, something new and yeah. how you tackle it and how things just happen. It's yeah. like, mind blowing. I'm never the first time I comforted him when he cried, I was like bouncing him. And then I was rocking him. You don't even realize and I was like, doing it, right? nobody taught me how yeah, to exactly. do that. Like, where did this crap come exactly. from? You know, yeah. and it's just, and then I find myself legit watching Kelly. Yeah. It's like, look, look at her go. Like, yeah. she, she was born for this. Yeah, admiring. Yeah. It, 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 admiration yeah. is it doesn't even begin to Fact. Be, be the right word to use yeah, for it. I agree. And I think part of that is is watching them in the birthing process. Yeah, I mean, no, that's when yep. we first, as men, start to see that. Go, oh my goodness. Holy crap. Yeah. My wife is a rock star. Right. You know? Right. But long story short, we, uh, so, so we're all holding legs there. Doctor finally does come in. She pushes a few more times and uh, we end up having Kennedy there. So you basically like delivered your own child. Essentially, I had I mean, a leg. I had a leg. I was right dude. there in the action watching. Uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Watch, that is awesome. Watching uh, the head come and you know it would come out. Pretty it would go rad. back in and and it was. Uh, I think that would be my story if I were you. I delivered my own kid. Don't worry about truly, it. Yeah, and no one else was there. You know, so we did the delayed cl- uh, clamping, the whole thing. Um, you know, cutting the umbilical cord, which no one tells you that it's actually fairly tough to cut. It is. It's yeah. not. Oh, so, yeah. It's. I don't. It, I've got, cut plenty of cords, but I don't think I. You really got. Gotta get in there. You, you've you can't, got to. You got to put some strength. Absolutely, into it. yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't be coming in there soft. You really got to go at it. And so, you know, no one tells you that. So, if there's any guys listening, you make sure you go at it. But well, you're cutting through arteries and veins, which makes you know, sense so makes logically. Sense. Absolutely makes sense. So, at that point, you know, they they take Kennedy away. The doctors are in there. We've transitioned to a new doctor at this point, who was great as well. Oh yeah, uh, but she she, she, she delivered at shift change. At shift oh, change, wow. she showed up. You know, ten minutes before her shift. You know, probably trying to drink her coffee, and within five minutes, she was in our room. No way. And, and Kennedy's head was there, and oh, so, wow. you know, she she wasn't as aware of what we were doing as far as it being a natural birth and that. Whole, but she caught up very quickly. So they get Kennedy. They get they get her wrapped up. They give her to me. Um, I'm in the corner with her, and you know, and at that point, I've I've announced to Christina that that. We have Kennedy at this point. The names were Kennedy or Calhoun. So, so, so that's when I got Kennedy. To, you were telling her, I was telling Christina, a... I was like, "Hey, Kennedy's here," and I, I said, it, "It's Kennedy," or something to that yeah, effect. Right. And Christina knew that it was a girl at that. No point. way! How cool um, is that? Yeah. Sure. So it's fan- and and like I said, all the moms were in the room. The sister was in the room. Heidi was there with did us. Did y'all practice nurse. that? Were you like, is it? No, we had. I'm no, going to call out so you know. Or like, how did that work? Chris, Christina cool had said the to the head nurse she wanted uh, me to tell her. If it was a boy or a girl, she wanted you to tell her exactly okay, me right. saying it's Kennedy. It was just kind of how it happened. Natural. I literally saw her. I'm not going to lie. I looked for about five seconds to see if I could see a, yeah, you know, see, sure. right, see right, a thing, right? right. You know, make sure I didn't miss anything. <laughs> and then I, you know, I turned around and said, you know, Christina, it's Kennedy. I like how you and did so, that instead of saying cool. it's a girl, it's, it's Kennedy. Yeah, that's, right. that's really here. cool. Yeah. yeah. So that's awesome. So we did that. And uh, so, so I'm at that point, I moved to the couch um, and, and I'm holding Kennedy and they've put, they put Kennedy on Christina for just a few seconds, but she needed to finish out the, the end of the process and everything. So they went in and let me do skin to skin. Um, this is kind of where the story kind of transitions because we're, we're waiting for the rest of the process to unfold, the placenta to, to drop naturally and, and, and go from there. And it doesn't. The umbilical cord actually breaks, uh, which leaves the placenta inside of Christina. So at that point, there's a lot of questions there's a lot of scratching heads kind of like okay what's the next move christina's not on an epidural so she all this pain we just endured where are we luckily she'd been on iv um so i should also mention uh that while we're waiting on the placenta to drop they actually put a few stitches in because okay. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. so put a few stitches in 
Well, when the they umbilical put the cord breaks in before the placenta, before there was. Yes. So, so you want me to jump okay, in? please, yeah, because yeah, so I know that a few had been put in at that point, but yeah. So the placenta usually delivers within like five to thirty minutes. Right, it can take up to like an hour. Right, but if they're if it's not releasing right away, like their doctors are like, well, you know, might as well get like step two, like so they can go ahead and stitch. Right, while they're waiting because the placenta is really soft and you know. No. soft and mushy when it comes yeah. out. So you can you can stitch and then deliver the placenta. So huh, um, it just seems logically not oh, right yeah, to me. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But, you know, Sorry. and I also think that part of that was, you know, Christina's body's in that fight or flight mode. It's in that adrenaline rush mode. Mm-hmm. She's just delivered a baby. So a lot of that pain feeling is... Is, is numb, if you will, if I could speak for her, you know. But so he put a few stitches in and, and we're waiting on the placenta and, and the umbilical cord breaks off and the doctor's just holding just the umbilical cord with no placenta at the other end, which draws a few red flags. And so I remember the doctor looking at Christina and she says, we have two options. I can go in and get it or we can go to the OR. As That's our two options. And Christina had been bound and determined to not, you know, do any medical intervention hindsight being 2020 we had this conversation yesterday you know christina says if i knew what i was about to go through in those two hours Mm -hmm. i would have went to the or because that was and that was going to be under general anesthesia right so she would not have been aware been aware of any of the process that was about to unfold you mean in the or in the or she would have been under general anesthesia and would have had no idea what the process was going to be so so at that point, she elected, you know, just let's let's do this. Let's get it over with and done. Um, so I'm on the couch uh, with Kennedy doing our skin to skin. They ask everyone to leave the room, I think, including did you did I, you were in there with us? Mm-hmm. So how do you remain? But they did ask the parents to leave. And at that point, they end up uh, basically digging um, elbow deep, if you will, for the next two hours in which I watched Christina come unfolded out of the bed, screaming like I had not even heard in the contractions. Like, this is just next level pain while I'm holding Kennedy. Every time Christina screams, Kennedy cries. So it was, um, and, and completely helpless in that, in that scenario oh, yeah. as well. And so that was definitely not a, a, a part of the process that obviously is not planned, but it's also nothing that you can plan, that you can expect to handle any certain way because you're just frozen. I mean, how rare is that, Heidi? Rare, rare? It's very rare. It's why we ask the OBs not to tug or pull on the placenta for delivery. You mean pull on the umbilical cord? I mean, yeah, sorry, to pull on the umbilical cord. Is it like a retraction? Is that what happens? Mm, Just snaps off. Um, So it's very, very rare. Snaps off where it's connected to the placenta. Yeah. This obstetrician could not have been more, like, sweet and mortified like she was you know i mean you could see on her face how rare it like it, it i don't think it had ever happened to her before really? i've certainly yeah. never seen mm-hmm. an entrapped placenta and ever I, before there was the one time i heard the doctor and the head nurse say this is the one time i would contemplate giving a postpartum epidural wow right because of what we're about to experience did they say that out loud to christine they they did say that out loud before they started digging or 
or in the beginning of the digging process. And I say digging because it's truly... I find that interesting you're using the word digging. Because when you watch, when yeah. you're sitting on the couch and, and you have a direct line at your wife... So you're on the couch, no the, the, the bed and the sink behind it like they all are, right? Right, yeah, right. Okay. So, so I'm sitting on the couch and the bed's directly in front of me. Right. I'm holding Kennedy. Right, right. So I can see Christina's legs are still in the stirrups. And the doctor, I watch her hand go from, from finger to, to elbow and then come out with pieces of stuff and put it on a silver table. Um, and sorry for the graphic details, but that's truly what I was watching. And it for two hours, for two hours. And it felt like a if it literally felt like a hostile movie torture scene because it was that graphic and that painful to watch. And let alone you're not watching a stranger go through this. You're watching your, your wife, wife go through this process. Yeah. Um, and it's and a they, process that 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 she 100 percent wanted because she wanted to go natural. And then this happened. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was very, very, I can't even describe how difficult it was. It, it's still to the, to the day, like I said, we were talking about it yesterday where, you know, you want to have that bonding time with your child. It's the first two hours that they're in the world, but mm -hmm. you're also so concerned about your wife. And then instead of my wife bonding with Kennedy, it's more of her still in survival mode. And right. at this point, again, I mentioned the stitches that went in earlier. They've now ripped out because you have to to go in and so it was really um yeah it went from definitely a joyous occasion to something very very dark that, yeah, very that's dark. a level of trauma that people that are alive haven't experienced right like people do, do you, there's it's an interesting way to look at it people right, that are I mean, alive have never experienced right. it. Like, yeah, yeah. to go through that yeah. type of trauma usually human beings don't you no. don't exist after something that right. intense. Like, hor like horrific, even horrific car crash victims aren't right. conscious to go not, through that. Yeah, not a lot of after time. going yeah. through a birth. Right. Yeah. Like that's and, and I think that's one thing that you and I talked about is does Christina recollect that or did she black out? And I don't think she recollects the level of pain because it's just the amount of pain that you can't recount again. Yeah, because it's can't quantify it's, anything exactly like it's not like oh i remember hitting my my hand with a hammer no i mean it's, it didn't it's, labor it's didn't even next, touch it right it was next level and, it, and no one was what, did she, she go into shock for those two hours she, definitely yeah. okay. one thousand she had to. She usually was, you're, you're, if it's that yeah, yeah. Okay. her when you looked at her eyes mm -hmm. where it kind of looked like she was drugged right you know, like she just kind of looked like drugged and definitely with the shakes, the shakes like of the, the yeah, it was. She uh, was definitely in physical shock. Right. Emotionally, I don't think she was. You know, I, I feel like from my perspective, it appeared to me that she was kind of outside of her body. Yeah. Like that. Well, emotionally, she may not have had anything left. Mm -mm. You know. Yeah. yeah. No. That's no absolutely. Wild. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never seen anything like that. It was definitely. Gosh. You know, it's not my wife. You know. God, this is where I'm going to get jumped up. I'm sorry. I can't even imagine it being, you know, being someone that I love. I mean, not that I don't love Christina. I like, you know, grow to love her through this experience. But I mean, it was very difficult to witness someone just be tortured. And one thing that I just feel like, you know, it's like, I have trouble letting go from your birth story is that like, um, it was shift change and we asked for morphine like over <laughs> and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Like, wow. 
And somehow the morphine just kept not mm-hmm. arriving. Oh, it got put in the wrong and it's IV like, and then it didn't get delivered. And, yeah. and, and it's like, just give her a shot of morphine. Like somebody do something. Yeah. So, so have you lost your patience at this point with the morphine thing? You know, to be honest, at, at this point in time, I'm, I'm praying to God and I'm just saying, why? You know, at, at this point, it's that level of really, this is where we are. This is where we've come. And this is what you're, it's almost like you want to say, this is what you're going to let happen as a faith-based person. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. So losing my patience or losing my cool or getting loud is not going to solve the situation because right. my wife's in traumatic pain and I just need to let the experts do what they're supposed to do. And you um, have the but, grave responsibility of your child. And I'm still holding, child I'm still holding Kennedy uh, at that point, still holding her. And, you know, like I said, every time Christina lets out, you know, just one of those screams because they're digging in her, Kennedy starts screaming. And so, right. you know, I'm trying to to balance that. And so... You know, it it, it, it was. Uh, yeah. That's extremely admirable. There's a lot of yeah, was a men that would have walked out in the hallway and was lost process. it. <clears throat> I'm astonished that you weren't in shock. Yeah, like a high, like you could actually be functioning and hold hold your daughter and be cognizant of what she's going through and be aware and be like emotionally there. And so you know that. Like call. I don't know if. So I, so I had that same thought though, but you know what I went to as soon as I thought that when I thought a couple minutes ago, what did we just talk about before that? I was literally about to say the same thing. Watching Christina do right, what she right. did. Gives it was you, my turn. Get, it, was, right, it, read, yeah. it, it was the instincts. He didn't have a right, choice. Exactly, he, had, yeah. he had to take care of Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. You, you know exactly. what I mean? Like I thought that exact same thing through right. Michigan. I was like, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's the instincts. Yeah, he he doesn't have a choice. Watching her, do yes. her thing, go through her transition, battle through, accomplish her goal of going natural. Now it was my turn to step up. And, right. you know, it, it, there was no pain involved for me physically, but the emotional toll was my turn to step up. Yeah, it was right. my turn to take care of Kennedy and it was my turn to, to handle that situation. And so, like I said, uh, I have a whole newfound respect and love for my wife watching that. Um, and not just that, um, you know, the whole process in and of itself and and how women truly just stop everything they're doing that that concerns them and start looking at what concerns the child, mm-hmm. you know, from the essential oils that you end up with <laughs> in your house to the crazy yeah. diets that you end right. up with, you know, the whole the whole spectrum, the whole gamut. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, long story short, they, they ended up getting out the placenta. They did a few ultrasounds to make sure that, that everything was out. And that was the biggest sense of relief. She okay um, now? For, oh, yeah. Oh, I awesome. mean, Christina bounced back within, to be honest, within an hour. Wow. Um, oh, that's you know, she was, awesome. she was She was back and um, Holden Kennedy and our family was in and we had more family coming in. At that point, it's about 7, 8 a.m., maybe actually closer to 10 a.m. at that point. And so, yeah, I mean, it's 4th of July and, you know, Christina, that's her favorite holiday of all holidays is 4th of July. Perfect. And so, you know, the, the mood changed very quickly after that uh, but definitely still you know a traumatic process to look back at and one that honestly it's still debatable as to whether or not you know christina should talk to someone about it or or, or go through that process and what that looks like but i mean you talk about strong yeah oh, man. not even a, yeah. i don't even hold a candle to that so that's yeah. awesome but yeah but i mean that's our that's our birth story you know kind of in a nutshell yeah I think she should talk to somebody too. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think I hope tonight was a little bit healing for you just to share. Like, yeah. I think that the more for all of you guys, I mean, I think that the more that we talk and share and talk and share, 
You know, it helps us move through some of the things that we've been through that cause us grief. All of these are beautiful, joyous stories, but all of your journeys, there's a lot of grief and triumph to your stories too. So I just really appreciate you guys being here and just allowing me to be part of your journeys with entrusting me with your wives and with, you know, (laughs) helping bring your babies into this world. I hope we can do this again. Well, so yeah, thank yeah. you. I, I thank you. I don't, well, I'm not going to speak for the yeah, guys, thank but I think I, I have thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed this. And yeah. you ever need me to do it again, I will be here 100%. Thank you for listening to Birth Story. My goal is you will walk away from each episode with a clear picture of how labor and delivery might go and that you will feel empowered by the end of your pregnancy to speak up, plan and prepare for the birth you want, no matter what that looks like.